Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Yakima. It's a farming community and not very big. And she was telling me that in Moxie, they take care of people from Moxie. And her son is a, uh, a fireman. And she says, and you know how it is with firemen. Eventually, one day, their house will burn down. <laughs> I guess it's like that with mechanics, right? Their, their, uh, their car seems to break all the time. They fix everybody else's car, but they're not fixing their own type of deal. Well, anyway, her son's a fireman, and he's, well, he's in his 50s. And his house burnt down. And he got a call from one of the wealthiest landowners, farmer, in Moxie. He said, hi, this is such and such. And he had never met him. He goes, I heard the story that your house had burnt down. Total loss. He said, yeah, it, it did. He says, my wife and I, we're in Palm Springs for the winter. Our house is yours for the next six months. She said, now, Jeff, this is like a million-dollar home. <laughs> and he said, listen, my wife said that you're going to be worried staying there. He says, you treat it like it's your place. It's stocked and ready to go. And now here's a lady from the world telling me this. You know, she threw some cuss words in there as she was telling me this story. And I thought, wow, that's what the world does just because they were from the same town, right? Amen. How much more of the church of the living God, right? I really smote me in my heart. I thought, wow, I would love to be able to do something like that. You know, anyway, awesome stuff. I just was couldn't believe that story she told me that. It's like, wow, that is great. Okay. I think I'm going to get this thing all hooked up and going without Brother Cliff's help. He has uh, trained me after being a husband for, you know, 30 plus, almost 40 years. I'm, I'm, I'm adept to being trained, so I can, I can be trained on things pretty quickly. So Cliff has trained me on how to do this. And let's see if I don't mess it up. So I'm coming over to Epson. And there's the top pro. I'm going to go there to photos. Then I'm going to come down and where is, there it is right there. And if I do this just right, we should see a king. Hey, there we go. We got a king. Amen. Before we start, let's pray. Thank you, Lord God, for bringing us all here together, Lord. We're so thankful, amen, for the freedom that we enjoy in this country to be able to assemble ourselves.
together peaceably, Lord God. We're so grateful and thankful for the opportunity to gather in this building, Lord Jesus, and bringing us all together. Help us to be the people in the church you desire us to be in this last day. And we give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if it looks like I've been in this set of clothes all day long since 7 in the morning, it's because I have been. <laughs> so, anyway, I had delusions of grandeur that I was going to get to go home and change, but that didn't happen. So this is what I'm going with. All right. Our story tonight starts with a king. But not that king. Anyway, I'm glad we don't have a king in America, right? Okay, but a king. And the king, he has a very valuable possession. Could be like bars of gold. Something very, very valuable. And he needs somebody to take this treasure on a journey. And it, all on the way of this journey, there's going to be all kinds of challenges. Sea monsters, mermaids, skull rock, lava, shark. I mean, all kinds of challenges that could happen on this. And what he has to do, if he can bring that treasure back to the king, if he can bring that treasure without losing it, without it being broken, at the end of the journey, if he can bring it back to the king, he will be rewarded with the greatest treasure that any man or woman has ever been rewarded with. Wouldn't you love that? Would you like that opportunity? Are you up for a challenge like that? You know, I, I could do it. Be kind of fun, right? Well, that's how it is for you and I in serving God. Because when we come to the Lord, He gives us the greatest treasure that man will ever find. It's called a new heart. He gives you a new heart. You cannot find this anywhere you can't find it at Walmart. You can't get it on Amazon. Sorry, babe, you can't order one, okay? Santa Claus ain't going to bring it in your stocking. Only the Lord can give you a new heart. It's a new heart. Now, the journey, it could be a short journey. It could be a long journey. But it's the same thing. The goal is to present that great treasure to our king when we see him again. We've got to protect that treasure, that new heart, right? And so I want to talk about that, this new heart that God gives us. Amen. If you could see it in the spirit realm... Maybe it would look something like that, right? <clears throat> a new heart. Ezekiel 36 and 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. 
What a blessing that is. What a treasure. A new heart. Amen. That only God can give. When I say new, this isn't new to you like Goodwill, right? You ever go get something new at Goodwill? Is it really new? How about a garage sale? Hey, I got something new at that garage sale. It ain't new. I tell you that. It ain't new. Somebody was like, get rid of that trash. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's treasure, right? <laughs> That's a big amen from the garage sale king. This is not a new-to-you heart. Okay? This is not a new-to-you heart. This is, in fact, this is like, you ever been around a newborn baby? Oh, the skin, you touch it, and it's like, wow, that thing is so soft and so, I mean, just, it's amazing. That's what this heart is like. I knew all the moms were going to be like, oh, don't worry, I got one for all, I got one for all the, all the boys and girls here. If you can't get it, if you can't, you know, think about it with a baby, oh, how about a puppy, right? It's new like a little puppy. I mean, that's how that heart is. God gives you a new heart. It's like a brand new little puppy. It's so kind and precious and it couldn't hurt anything. It's so pure and innocent, right? Well, I'm not a dog person. I'm a cat person. Well, maybe like a little kitty cat. I mean, this is how it is. Some of you stone-faced men who aren't moved by little things like that, well, think of it this way. It's new like the scent of the new car. Ah, close your eyes. Step in for a moment. Ah, you see those little trees hanging in my dirty car. It's new car smell. Lasts for about a week, and I love it. Right? I knew I would get to each of you somehow. Amen. That new car smell. So once you get this new heart, now the journey begins. Right? You don't know how long your journey is going to last. Could be a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade. Could be multiple decades. But the goal is the same for everybody. Protect that heart. Amen. So the journey of life begins. Listen what the Word of God says. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. We're to keep it and protect this great gift that God has given us, this new heart. For out of it are the issues of life. Here's another scripture. Above all else, above all else. This is even more important, Mason, than brushing your teeth before you go to bed. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. But there are going to be pitfalls and things that we've got to be careful of. There are some things that can come up and trap us, damage 
our heart. And then we don't have that beautiful gift to give back to our king. So let's look at some of these. The first one, I'm going to talk about three things here. And the first one is pride. Pride. Pride? Can you be Christian and have pride? Yeah, you can. I, I've had a lot of it in my life as a Christian. And you got to be careful that you don't get to where you're thinking, yeah, you know, if they were just paying their tithes, maybe they would do a little better financially. Oh, man, God does not like that. Right? And so I've been guilty of that in my life. And so we've got to be careful about pride and not letting pride come in. So what does the Bible say about pride? Let's look at some of these scriptures. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. These are things God hates. Look what the very first one is. A proud look. He hates a proud look. You know why? Because if pride enters in, then you open up to every ungodly thinkable thing that could happen in a person's life. If you Google an image of pride, you know what you get? Is you don't get... All you get is today's pride. Okay? So, I know God is love, but there are some things he hates. And he hates... Pride, right? Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride. There's a lot of people out there who want to show their pride, right? But he gives more grace. Why he said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. So we got to make sure that we don't let pride. I've been there too. I've, I've, I've even said things about whole other groups of people in the church that said, do they even know who they're worshiping? I appreciate Brother Ali. His perspective upon people was not my perspective for a long time. And I've had to learn Brother Ali will get up and he'll say, uh, pray for this lady. She's a co-worker of mine. She's been serving God for 30 years. I used to think, well, hold on. Unless you went to UPC church, you're not serving God. <laughs> and I had, a, I had this spirit of pride in me. And I would... I would kind of look down my nose at whole denominations, whole churches. Anyway, so I've had to readjust myself. Here's a good one right here. When you were little in your own eyes, this is what Samuel said to King Saul. He was supposed to what? Destroy the Amalekites, he brings back Agag. 
You know, when you were little in your own sight, and the problem was he got lifted up with pride. Only by pride comes contention. What? You mean if we had no pride, there'd be no contention? Only by pride comes contention. You, know, you, you come across that and you think, is that really in there? How many times have you read the Bible and, and it's like, I've never seen that scripture before, right? How about this one? The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. We've got to protect our hearts from being proud, prideful. You, you think about, go ahead. The wicked through the pride of his countenance. Well, you got to humble yourself, right? To well, seek I'm after. Oh. I guess you could say. I guess yeah. You could. You could kind of. What you're saying is, is that somebody could say, "Hey, I can continue the way that I am because I'm seeking after God." Yeah, well, and, and, and that was kind of, the, that was kind of the, the shortfall of the, the Jews when Jesus came, right? They thought that they were perfect in their way. After all, they were following what? Not even just the religious leaders of their day. They weren't just following the head of their church. They were following Moses, they were continuing with the covenant of Abraham. How could you argue with that? Right? So, I guess if you just took that one scripture and looked at it in that one way, somebody might think that. Okay. For all that is in the world, and close out with this one here. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. The pride of life. Right? So, humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. How do you humble yourself? How, how do we keep our hearts from being full of proud or lifted up or letting pride come into our hearts? Because I do not want pride to come into my heart. Well, here's another one. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. So I want to humble, I want to humble myself. So how do we humble ourselves? We want to present ourselves humble before God. Well, it's no secret. Reading the word of God. <laughs> you read that word of God, it'll humble you. Right? First time I ever read the Bible, I was 18. I read the book of Revelations twice in one night, once in the King James, once in Good News for Modern Man. I was humbled because when I got done, I thought, there's only 144,000 people making it, and I know I'm not one of them. <laughs> I was pretty humbled. And I was like, what do I do? 
Did I become a Christian? No. Took somebody bringing me to church, hearing the word of God, draw me to a place of repentance. David said it this way, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He knew how important it was to keep now, he didn't have this. He didn't get a new heart like you and I get today. So he really knew the importance that he had to keep the word in his heart. That doesn't mean that we don't. We still need to, right? But he really knew the importance of it is keeping that heart right with God and keeping that treasure the way he gave it. Is, it's, it is only going to take the word of God to keep it that way. If we get into that word of God, oh boy, it keeps us in a spirit of humility. What does humility lead to? Go ahead, Sister Corey. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, who's the king that got the leprosy in his forehead? Who's the king that got the leprosy in his forehead? Uzziah. I thought, oh God, why did you do that? Why? And then it hit me one day, and I was praying and talking to the Lord. It's like pride, right? He could not see the shortfall, the sin, and the leprosy in his life because it was in his forehead. Couldn't, like, look at it on his arm. But all those who looked at him, that's all that they saw. Okay. Go ahead. I'm calling on you. <laughs> Now, there is one way you can. If you wear one of those masks, those COVID masks, man, I'm knocking myself out. <laughs> I put that COVID mask on. I'm like, this one stinks. And police is like, no, that's your breath. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Come on. You, yes. <laughs> yes, it's Riz. There you go. Amen. And humility will lead to what? Repentance. It leads to, I need you, God. I'm broken. I'm lost. Lord, I need you. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you hold on to this great treasure... This pure heart, it's a promise. You will see God as your Savior and not your judge. Right? We want to protect it. What's the other way? Prayer. 
praying with prayer. How many times you, I thought of um, Moses and Aaron before the tabernacle on their face <laughs> praying to God, right? Prayer, it will keep your heart humble, full of humility, especially if you pray for others. Pray for those that despitefully use you. You know why? Because God knows if you do that, boy, you're going to keep that treasure right in there. And it's not like that country song from 20 years ago where the guy says, pray for those. And so he wrote that song, I pray for you. I pray your brakes go out at 110. I pray that uh, a water pot falls from the window sill and hits you in the head. <laughs> yeah, like I want to. Oh, you know it. <laughs> you are going to do great as a missionary. <laughs> Amen. But prayer, Bible reading and prayer. Right. Fasting is the other one, but I'm not going into that tonight. Real quick. Bible reading and prayer. Prayer will bring humility and repentance. The Word of God brings humility and repentance. Amen. It'll keep, it'll keep our heart so pride will not come in. What about fear? We heard a great message on this two weeks ago on Sunday, right? Fear. You don't want to let your heart be full of fear. I got to be careful when I come home even. If I come home and I, and I don't like make noise and I come around the corner, my wife will have like a heart attack. Oh, I mean, just, I don't even try to scare her or nothing. Yeah, and then she tries to scare people on purpose. But... I, yeah, you got to be careful, but fear, whew, fear, your heart just starts pounding, it's a terrible, terrible feeling. We have, we got a lot to be afraid for. Somebody text this to me. This is the doomsday clock. It's now 90 seconds to midnight for world World War Nuclear War. They just moved that up two days ago. 90 seconds to midnight. And they knew not until the flood came and took them, right? Wow. They were eating and marrying and giving in marriage and knew not. <laughs> we got a lot that you could be afraid about, right? Mason's got a big science thing he's got to do after church tonight. Don't be afraid, buddy. You're going to get it done. I mean, you could be like this guy. What do I do? Right? The good news is, well, no, this is where it all started, right? 
This is the first place that we find fear in the Bible. Here it is. Creation, everything was beautiful. Adam sinned. And now this is what fear does. Fear will strip you down to where you want to do nothing but hide. Ooh. Just like this little guy. He can't even get out of bed. He's so afraid. But we heard that great message. Fear is the opposite of faith. Right? We can't let fear come into our heart because then faith we lose. So we got to keep our hearts full of faith. Amen. Aren't you thankful the Bible tells us, fear not, for I am with you. I will not leave nor forsake you. I'm as close as the mentioning, he's as close as the mentioning of his name. You can be in class and you can think, Jesus, I need you, and not even say it out of your mouth. And he knows your very thoughts. Ooh. Isn't that wonderful? What a comforting time. I've done that. Going into some gas stations in Yakima. God protect me. Three people just killed at one that I gas up at probably once a month. Two days ago. Just random. Don't worry, I got life insurance. <laughs> you got to have it. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness, with his strength. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Ooh, fear is not from God. Right? Go ahead, Grant, for the third time. Sure, might fail, people might laugh, I might strike out, might get pinned, uh, you know, fear can keep you, that's why I said, it, it makes you where you're, you want to hide, right? Same thing, how do we overcome this? Bible reading and prayer. 
Boy, this is the simple solution of life. Bible reading and prayer. Bible reading and prayer. Bible reading and prayer. It's, it's like peanut butter and jelly. You can't really have one without the other. There you go. Yep. If this was, uh, yeah, that's a great point. Okay. How about this one? Here's the last one I want to cover. How about a hurt heart? This one might be most prevalent. A hurt heart, a bruised heart, a broken heart. And you know what? This one here doesn't happen from strangers. It happens from the ones that we're closest to. Oof. It's very hard for a stranger to break my heart. My wife could break it. Right? You guys could break my heart. Probably not as much as my wife, but... The, <laughs> right? My kids could break your heart, those types of things. And we've got to be very, very careful here. Oh, my feelings are hurt. Sometimes we brush this off, especially me. I was the oldest of three boys. Dad was a sailor, right? You don't cry. You're tough. That's kind of how I was raised. And, um, but, you know what? That's a real problem, having your feelings hurt. I'm going to admit it. I'm a pretty manly guy. As, as far as on the scale of manliness, I'm right underneath Brother Kelly, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm right there. Even me. I've had my feelings hurt at different times. So I know if it can happen to a manly guy like me, it can sure happen to somebody who's not quite as manly. Like, well, Colton, you're pretty manly too. <laughs> by, oh, by the way, can I throw this in extra? I only got a few minutes. Manliness is a good thing. We need men. God wants our men to be manly, right? Yes, he wants our men to be manly. So, the women want the men to be manly. The woman doesn't want to fight off a stranger. She wants her husband to do it. Sick and attack. That's my job. Fight to the death. I remember I used to leave the boys when they, I would say, okay, I'm going in the store. Look, you guys are here with mom. And they're little. Garrett, Nate, and Grant, you know, six, seven, eight. I say, listen. You, if some guy comes over here and gives your mom a hard time, you fight to the death to protect her. <laughs> I used to tell him that all the time. You fight to the death. <laughs> anyway, if you had a wife and sons, you would understand what I'm talking about. You fight to the death. But getting your feelings hurt, that's a big one. How about this? Feeling like you're not part you don't, you're not fitting in. You're not part of the group. It's a big deal. 
not just in teenagers, but in adults, especially in a small community like this. This is a small community that we have here, right? And so we've got to be careful in making sure that my heart doesn't get hurt. Why? Because the Bible says a brother offended is harder to be won. I don't know, is that, is that the, is that, I've always learned that scripture a little different. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And there are contentions, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A brother offended is harder to win than a walled city, than a strong city. Think about that. If I allow myself to get offended, boy, I can get to a place where it's not a good plot to be. So if this wasn't the case, God wouldn't put it in the Word of God. So we've got to be careful about this. The tongue has the power of life and death. Well, we've got to be real careful what we say to one another. Because this tongue has the power to give life and death. Oof. That's a lot of power. I tried to tell that to my kids I've, this is the most challenging thing I've ever had in, in, in having, being a father. Three boys is really easy, okay? The, the hardest thing is a girl and a boy next to one another, and the girl is taller than the boy when she's younger. Now, Mason's going through a growth spurt, so he might have you. When they were little, he loved her. Now it's constant. I'm going through the hardest thing in my life. And Mason, you can't say mean things to your sister because we want you to be nice. <laughs> For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Boy, this is what we want to strive for when we come to church, when we're in, a, when we're in, a, in a, an outing with brothers and sisters in the Lord. We want to make sure that we do not offend with our tongue. The Bible, James, this is the brother of Jesus. He says this, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. If you can just control that little tongue and make it where it just gives life and not death, God says that's a perfect man and he's able to bridle the whole body. How many want, want that kind of moniker on your tombstone? We all know this. 
Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend. I tell you what, I have tried to live like that, and it's almost impossible. Sometimes I was even proud, and I would say, you can't offend me. <laughs> because guess what? Even somebody trying to live that, there were times when I had my heart hurt. I had my heart hurt. We have to learn to, for, to forgive even when we don't feel like it, even when they don't ask for forgiveness. Here's the reason why. Unforgiveness is a state of emotional and mental distress that results from a delayed response in forgiveness to an offender. If you, if, if you hold on to that hurt and don't forgive, then it puts you in a state of mental distress. It's characterized by indignation. You become angry. Bitterness sets in. And demand for punishment or restitution or vengeance even. Right? So, boy, take the humble side. It's hard. But I want that heart. I want that treasure to be pure one when I meet the Lord. I want to protect it from pride. I want to protect it from fear. I don't want it to die because it's been hurt. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, so if we find somebody who's overtaken in a fault, what do we do? We stand him up, kick him in the rear, and tell him to straighten up. No, that's not what we do. That's how I was raised, but that's not how we do it. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Okay, here, here this is where the church comes in. This, these are the leaders of the church. Restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Who am I fooling? I'm just like this, brother. I, if, but for the grace of God, I could be the same way. Right? That's what this is saying. Let nothing be done through strife. This is in the church, the church of Philippi. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. I'm talking about making sure that one, we don't offend one another. And it's because of our tongue that those offenses will happen. But if we can have a mindset that I esteem you higher than myself, I want you to make it. Right? Woo, I'm not just thinking of my soul, I'm thinking of your soul. 
How about this? Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. I don't want to sit in the seat of the scornful. I don't want to sit in the seat of the critical. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. I want to be quick to forgive. Right? Because I want God to forgive me. I'm almost done. Boy, look at this right here. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Boy, this is the church. This is the family, right? Talking about not allowing your heart to be bruised. You want that thing that treasure to be there when we meet the Lord. Don't you want your heart to be happy and full of life, that treasure? Amen. I know you do. Why? That he might present to himself a church glorious, not having spot or wrinkle or any such things, but she should, she would be holy and without blemish. That's that pure heart. In the church, we're just collective individuals, and we want to have pure hearts to bring to the Lord. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one to another. John 13, 35. Amen. That's what we want. Sunday, Lord willing, God sees that we're fit to have a whole bunch of first-time visitors here. God will give us what He knows we can handle and manage. I'm believing God's going to bring the visitors in. And when they come in, I want them to feel something that they can't feel out in the world. You know, those people are the nicest people. They're just like the people of Moxie. <laughs> Amen. Because when you're done with your journey and you give them your treasure, your heart, this is the reward. Well done. Enter in to this rest. Amen. You got a treasure. It's new heart. And you're going to make it. That's you, Gigi. Yep. You got a treasure, a new heart. And we can make it. We don't have to let pride come in. We don't have to worry about fear. And we can forgive. Amen. And so that when we meet the Lord, we can give him that treasure. Amen. <sighs> Praise God. That's it. I appreciate uh, the pastor reminding me yesterday. He sent me a text. He goes, hey, I got you, I got you down for teaching. And I was thinking, I've just been working. And I'm like, 
I didn't think I was on the schedule. <laughs> and I didn't tell him that, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, I didn't think I was on the schedule. And so last night at about 10 o'clock, I'm like, okay, do I just pull out something I've done in the past? And I go, you know what? Give me something, God. That's what he gave me. So worked on it till late at night. Amen. I just, I just want to be a blessing. Amen to the church. Yes, Gigi. That's good. Yeah, that's in uh, Bambi chapter 2, right? <laughs> All right, God bless, and uh, we'll pray and be dismissed. Brother Ollie, would you pray and, and uh, dismiss us, please?